podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Steve Bloomer's Washing, your independent Derby County podcast season's greetings. Uh, I hope the festive period is treating you all well. It's definitely a good time to be a Ram right now as uh, Derby County have hit their traditional December purple patch. Goals are flying in. We can't stop winning. And we're even into the last 16 of the Bristol Street Motors trophy. Thank you very much. Uh, I am Chris Parsons. Thanks a lot for lending us your ears and uh, two regulars on the pod joining me uh, up to fifth. Five wins on the bounce, uh, 13 goals scored on that winning streak, only one conceded. It is truly the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it, Tom Martin? It's absolutely joyous to see Derby win away in December. It's uh, getting used to this over the last 10 years, as we discussed on the uh, quiz pod uh, recently, that Derby got a fantastic record and long may it continue through this month. It's uh, it's been truly magnificent and uh, fresh off a uh, unique, lovely little weekend away in East London um, with some fantastic surroundings. It's Phil Heil. How are you doing, Phil? I'm good, mate. Yeah. Um, what a weekend, eh? What a, what a <laughs> bloody good weekend. <laughs> that does not even begin to do it justice. Um, yeah, so fantastic 3-0 away win at Leighton Orient. Uh, me and Tom were in the home end. Tom brought along his... 15 month is he your your son yeah 15 months it was his uh 15 month son into uh into into the home end for his first game he had a great time i had a great time darby had a great time but enough about all that phil what was it like on the airbnb balcony it looked truly magnificent yeah it was joyous like would recommend to anyone we got there uh, we had it for four hours, but we got there a bit later, actually, at about half two. She'd got the nibbles out. She'd loaded the beer up, uh, the, loaded the fridge up with beer. What the hostess had? But yeah, yeah. Oh, she my was, word. She was there to let us in, um, and she'd stocked it with some uh, Beaver Town beers, so she wasn't even uh, stinging on them either, really. I mean, when you go to as many football matches as we have over the years, they kind of can blend into one, can't they, or especially your season by season, and some of them can become forgettable, but now I'm still on a bit of a buzz. And Derby made it, obviously, as well. If we'd been stood on that balcony losing 3-0, I'm not sure it would have been as enjoyable. But yeah, we'll get on to the performance later, I'm sure, because that certainly added to it as well. How did uh, how did it compare to... It must be up there with like your Wembleys and your, your sort of Forest away and that sort of thing for as like a a memory of a Derby away game, right? Uh, I mean, presumably you haven't been to anything like that ever before. No, never. Um, you know, just like, I, I mean, we, we knew we'd have a flag, so we are expected to, you know, to get a few looks or um, nods our way, but to get the whole Derby end, getting us to start the bounce and things like that was was superb and having a bit of crack with some of the Orient fans. I was expecting to get more pelters off them, to be honest. They were... But well, they were really like um, taking it in good grace and just having like good, good-natured crack with them. So yeah, it was it was a good day. 
But it looked to me like, because me and, me and Tom were in the home end, the bit we were in was relatively placid. Uh, and a bit to the left of the away fans was where your, uh, you know, your Orient lads were. But uh, over where you were in the other corner, yeah, again, relatively tame, I thought. I mean, I saw the videos of one of your mates and there was one guy who was giving it a bit of a bit yeah. of verbals after the third goal. But that <laughs> seemed to be about as, as bad as it got, really. He was the only one who, yeah, got a little bit uh, narked by it. I, th- I don't know if the, that was where the disabled section was as well, because there was a Derby lad with crutches who was like... Um, Given it the old come on derby uh, from down in the stands, and he was he was certainly enjoying it. Um, yeah, like you said, it was all all good natured. We're all on best behaviour as well. So, and you got a uh, you got a shout out from Paul Warren as well, didn't you? Afterwards, did you see that? Yeah, I know. We take it because um, you know. Well, I think I've been on the pod marginally critical. You could say of Paul, he's not not my favourite manager at times, but fair play. I mean, don't want to over romanticise it too much, but. You wouldn't, oh, get that. <laughs> you wouldn't get that support in uh, plenty of the other Premier League teams, would you? You're getting a bit of a shout out from your manager. So, What did Rebecca make of it at full time then? It's just par for the course for her. She must have seen it all before, right? If she rents it out to football fans every weekend. Well, she um, she didn't uh, come to turf us actually. So we did stay right up until six o'clock um, and we were expecting her. Was she going to, you know, rock up and tell us to wear... Uh, get out of there but no I think we might have been about 10 minutes late actually and she's left us to it so have you had the have you had the reciprocal reviews since then you gave her stars she gives you five stars that sort of thing that's how Airbnb works isn't it most of the time yeah I think um, we're all good on that uh, we're all good on that score five stars each way I'm hoping good that's good to hear Tom it was um, yeah it was a unique one for me I've never been in a home end before when the first goal went in uh, I think I handled it better than I thought I would really, but we were, it wasn't really much of a shock because we were pretty much on top from the early stages in that game against Leighton Orient. And I don't think it really got that ugly or needly in the stands where we were just because like they didn't really give us much of a game, to be honest, did they? No, from I think the first sort of 10 minutes, there was a couple of chances. Cashier made a bit of a hasher one where he like tried to nip the ball away from Archibald, I think it was, and it went across and then they lost the tackle because he dove in and then it uh, ball went back to Archibald and he completely miskicked it 12, 12, 15 yards out or so. Um, and that was a really good chance. And then there was the shot from, um, who is it? Is it James? It's not James Brown. Who was their sentiment? Jordan, Jordan Brown, I think it is, in centre midfield. And I'm, the ex-Derby lad. Yeah, he, he, I thought he looked quite good in the middle. Um, and he hit, hit the shot straight at um, Wildsmith. And apart from that, though, Derby were well in control, and it was a matter of time before we scored, and then eventually we did score, should have scored immediately afterwards. And um, the last time, actually the first time SBW went uh, undercover, it was the last time Louis Sibley scored a goal. Um, against. I think it was against Oxford back in March. It was the uh, last time he scored. So um, that was when me and Kutch were in behind enemy lines, and that, that day it was a bit feisty because there were a ton of Derby fans in the home end um, next to the away fans and the home fans next to the away fans were the uh, were right in the core of the Oxford United group so then it was a little bit feisty a little bit edgy and it was also 3-2 that day so um, there were lots of goals both ways and it was a uh, it got a bit tense towards the end um, but yeah Saturday was much more relaxed than the home end I think and it was just um, just a matter of time because Derby, Derby was comfortable and were, were a much better team. I don't know if you saw this yourself Phil from your vantage point did you have to spot the uh the papa john's corner dugout on the on the dangling opposite side to you 
Yeah, we did. Uh, we couldn't really work out what that all was about. <laughs> Me neither. Oh man, it looks so rubbish. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tweeted about it, and someone said it it costs like fifty quid per person or something, and you just get to sit in it for like the whole game. You get free but pizza, I think, I think, as well. It's all sponsored, and I think you get half time drinks too. Do you have, you know, have you got the luxury of a warm sofa to sit on at half time? And you know, have you got to pay for your? I don't know. It, it seems to me like you got the better end of the unique hospitality setup i think phil out of those two choices well the daft thing is about that b&b um she doesn't charge it by the flat she charges it per person so had there only been two of us it would have been 25 pound per person which when you consider in derby fans paid 29 pound for their tickets right she's mad she's onto a she's a smart cookie i think uh, she could i mean if you imagine a situation where Leighton orient got promoted to league one or something and they had you know maybe like shuffle wednesday fans or sunderland or or got even higher like she could easily get like 40 50 quid a person out of that couldn't she like she's definitely definitely seems like you were undercharged for that experience i think so yeah i i mean i don't know if it's booked out every week or if she just like picks and chooses as and when but she's only got 11 reviews and that's in the since the end of covid so it doesn't seem like she's really caning it but maybe like you say it's how many are burton albion going to bring for example or are they going to want to actually watch it from a balcony i'm not sure there's there's, there's sort of two edges to it because i kind of get what you're saying chris um but i also think that i would actually rather be in in the way end if it wasn't like if it wasn't a sellout because you'd want to sort of be in there with the chance and things like that but because derby had sold that away end out and then you're like, all right, okay, this is quite a good opportunity because there's a bigger way following. Everyone's going to be up for. Everyone likes coming down for London. And then I would like like to do to to have done that Airbnb. And I think that's a that's like spot on, isn't it? You can get to drink your beers, not not be bothered by other people, like have a bit of a chant and sing along. And it was absolutely spot on on Saturday. And I'm totally jealous. But if it was like 55 people coming down from Acklington, I think I'd probably rather be in the 55 people from Acklington rather than in a Airbnb, probably sat on my own. But with eight lads, much better, or eight people. You're a purist, Tom. I, I respect that. Well, yeah, the bit we were in, uh, pretty old school ground, isn't it, really, late in Orient? Very, you know, proper League One vibes. Four stands, like wooden floorboards under the uh, under the home end where we were, like, my view was, like, smack bang behind a pillar. So I had to, like, I was sort of doing this and trying to <laughs> see what was going on in the second half. Um, but... Derby just sort of took the game away from them, really. Started that second half with another Nathaniel Mendes-Lang goal. Absolutely on fire, that man is right now. Um, On the pitch and off the pitch with his fancy dress costumes. More on that later. But a fantastic goal from him. Really good move. And (laughs) the third goal, Tom, just talk me through what on earth Leighton Orient are even trying to do with that third goal. They were down to 10 men by then. We'll come on to that in a minute. But like, what's what on earth are they trying? Because whatever they were trying, it didn't work, did it? I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it, but a short, it was a short corner, wasn't it? I think I think it's Cashin, and I'm not sure who else gets in there. Um, as soon as the ball goes short, the pass isn't good enough, and it's it's closed down. I think it's good energy from Derby, good awareness to to shut that down straight away. It breaks to Nelson, who just plays Mendes Lang through on goal, and Mendes Lang's got like 80 or 90 yards to run, basically. He's just outside the Derby Derby box by the time uh, Nelson plays the ball to him and he runs onto it into space. Him and Barkhausen have got the whole whole of the half to um, to then have a bit of fun with it. And Barkhausen times his run nicely. Mendes Lang slips it to him as the goalkeeper commits, which he has to do. 
and uh, just buries it into the into the middle of the goal. So yeah, shocking defending. I, I, I've generally never seen anything like it. And five minutes later, they did exactly the same. And um, the goalkeeper, is it? I think it was Burn, made an absolutely fantastic save from John Jules. I don't know if you've seen it back. It was a, a I thought it was a good save at the time, but it's even better on the replay. I think the, the corner comes in to, and it's to the front post rather than being short. And I think it's Mendes Lang again who sort of breaks down the left hand side, plays the ball uh, outside of the boot, uh, and I think it's I think it's Max Bird that jumps over the top of it. Sonny Bradley's up there as well. It's five on five on one, and um, John Jules sort of gets the ball under control, gets his body round it, and then hits it right footed from about twelve yards, and the keeper gets down to his left hand side and just claws it out, and it's cleared away for a corner. It's like I don't know eighty fourth, eighty fifth minute, um, and. It, John Jules should have scored, but um, he did, did pretty much everything right. And the goalkeeper makes a fantastic save down to his left. Probably could have been more, uh, you have to say. And to be fair to you, Tom, you did actually say at half time at 1-0, this should end up 3 or 4 because they're not a good side. And we're on such good form at the moment. Like, I mean, Phil, who, who impressed you most out there against Leighton Orient? Like, it seemed to me that some of our general play and it, it just seemed a lot more cohesive and there wasn't, maybe as much control in the middle of the park as there could have been at times. And Paul Warren even said in his post-match that there were things that he wasn't quite satisfied with. But some great performances, although we didn't really have to be absolutely amazing to to beat Leighton Orient. Um, but who were the standout performers for you? I think Kane Wilson is really coming into his own now, isn't he? You know, he had a hand in the first two goals. Um, Mendes Lang, I mean... Was he nominated for League One Player of the Month? Because he definitely should have been if he wasn't. Um, I love the outside of the boot he's trying at the minute. The old Ricardo Cresma uh, cross. He did another one, didn't he? Same as he did for John Jules at Port Vale. And I think it was one of uh, Hurahan's better games in a while as well. Some of his passes he was threading through to Collins. I mean, on another day, Collins should have had one or two, shouldn't he, really? It's hard to criticise anyone, really. Not too sure I'm quite convinced that um, and comfortable with Ward at right back, but um, obviously offers a lot going forward. Yeah, I think Howahan was like the passing and going forward. I think he just sees things that people don't at, at League One level, and he he therefore creates things that that better strikers would score. Um, the 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 sort of cross shot which was left footed from about thirty odd yards out all the way along the floor. It just picks out Collins almost perfectly and Collins wasn't quite ready for it. And then it was at such a good angle that I think it only just drifts right past the post, but the goalkeeper couldn't necessarily go for it um, until Collins definitely didn't get there because if he does, then he's diving the wrong way and Collins has got an open goal. And it's just it's just that, that quality of the weight of pass. And I think Collins should have probably got onto that. And as you say, Phil, I agree. Like um, Collins could have had a, a couple at least, maybe even a hat-trick on another day. But we didn't we didn't need Collins to do, do it. I think... Um, I think everyone played well. I'm not so sure about Bird quite so far forward. He seems like he gets himself. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to get the best out of him. He seemed to be like going beyond Collins, and Collins was dropping in a little bit deeper. And then he didn't quite make the run or create the space in the right way. I mean, if you even look at the goal that Sibley scored, Bird's run is like kind of a, a bit of an innocuous run. He doesn't create any space for for Sibley to to slip him in. So as a result, Sibley sort of goes on his own. The, the Orient defence back off, and he he buries it into the bottom corner with a good strike. Um, so yeah, I, I think of all of it. I think Bird Bird is better for me, deeper lying and creating that creating the play, space. But then that's also Howard's job, and both of them doing the same thing. Feels like we've just come full circle on the the Louis Sibley narrative again. Uh, you know, has a has a really good game, uh, calls for him to start. He does. He flatters to deceive for six weeks, comes in again, 
has a brilliant game like he did against Leighton Orient, scores a great goal, gets us going. People are saying, oh, you know, that that's play him in the 10. That's where he operates. That's where he can do damage. Um, I don't know. <laughs> We've just made this same point again and again and again about what happens to Louis Sibley when he does this. I just hope maybe this time he puts he, he does he does go on a run, puts in two, three, four decent good performances where he does contribute a goal or an assist because that's just what we all want to see from him. So we'll have to see if that's the case. Um, sending off, Tom, I I couldn't really tell from where I was really because it was the other end of the pitch by the by the dugouts, not where we were. Brandon Cooper, the Leighton Orient centre-back, sort of a ball tossed up. and But watching it again, he does throw in the elbow. He absolutely batters James Collins, doesn't he? I can't really work out. Warren mentioned afterwards that uh, he made like a throwaway line that, oh, James Collins' his teeth were only worth about 20p. So I don't know if you're saying that he did actually knock a couple of Collins' teeth out or um, or if he was close to. But either way, like he, he <laughs> absolutely cleaned him out full on in the face, didn't he, Tom? Yeah, there, there was something weird about that whole collision. Like, saw the ball go forward and then... Um... Collins just looked like he'd been poleaxed and it looked like there'd been some sort of movement. And again, we were so far away, couldn't necessarily see. But as soon as the referee then blew, I couldn't believe it wasn't a foul immediately, but the ref clearly didn't see it. But then as soon as the referee blew, I said to um, Ellie and the guy that I was with, uh, a guy called Ken, I said, he's in, I think he's in trouble here because I think something something bad has happened, especially for the fact that it seemed quite clear that the referee hadn't seen it and had been given some advice from the touchline, which is exactly what you need. That's, a, that's what the fourth official's there for. Um, and the first replay that I've seen on Rams TV, you can't really tell anything, but it's the, the reverse angle from up in the, the press gantry. He absolutely chucks the elbow in. I don't know what he's doing. If he, if he doesn't get a three-match ban, then I'd be gobsmacked. I think that's violent conduct. conduct. It could even be more than that because it's... He can clearly see where Collins is going, and it's deliberate and it's malicious and it's it, it's dangerous. Like, could well have knocked out a few of Collins's teeth. Phil, do you think um, did it have that much of a bearing on the overall pattern of the game that sending off, or do you think Derby would have seen off Orient with eleven? We'll never know, obviously. But do you think? I, I mean, I feel we were starting to get on top, and we were pretty dominant anyway, even with eleven v eleven. Yeah, I, th- I think we definitely would have still won. But we didn't really need to get out of second gear, did we, on Saturday? And I think it probably would have been a little bit more cagey and we probably would have had to up it another gear or so. Um, but yeah, that Cooper, that was... At the time, we just thought he'd like um, ran across Collins and blocked his run. And that's what the initial um, whistle was for. But on reflection, fair play to the fourth official because as you said, Tom, that's, that's what they're there to do. And uh, to see that, because I think most people in the crowd were wondering why. But that was, yeah, shocking. I've seen, a, he's on loan, isn't he, from Swansea? And I've seen a few Orient fans on social media saying, send him back after that. It was a shocker. Uh, right, well, more on Steve Blimmer's washing in a second. Over on your Patreon this month, another classic SPW festive special, the Christmas quiz is in the can for 2023. So uh, four rounds, me versus Kutch versus Tom versus Anton, uh, a proper deep dive, granular, nerdy Derby County Trivia Fest, as you would expect from us. So uh, sign up to that one over at patreon.com forward slash Steve Bloomers Washing. Hi, Derby County fans. I'm Branko Struper and you are listening to Steve Bloomers Washing. Martin. Low. 
and again. Delivers with his weaker foot, Patterson. Martin! Out of the wilderness, onto the score sheet, Chris Martin may well have salvaged Derby County, the most unlikely of points here. One more word on Orient then, uh, Phil. I feel there's just, there's got to be like one more question I need to ask you. Uh, I'm going to regret it about the Airbnb situation. <laughs> what was it like, you know, when you're there? When did you first become aware that like the Derby fans had clocked you and were like, you know, had spotted your your unique vantage point? Uh, I think they first shouted over in the first half because to begin with, obviously we had draped our flag, but we were like trying to be as inconspicuous as we could do. I mean, we and then when the goal went in, that kind of ended that. But then as the match drew on, we realised that the Orient fans were, you know, taking it in good taste. And I think we just, obviously, were getting a bit more inebriated as well. And we just were getting louder and more raucous. So you didn't um, get a single bit of grief off the Orient fans like when the first goal went in then and you all, you all went for it, no? Yeah, yeah, we all went for it. And no, we, some of them were even like laughing at us, you know, like, and almost like applauding us and having just, I think, appreciating us having a good time. It, yeah, I don't know whether they were neutrals or what, or whether they were, um, but I was expecting way more pelters because I'd heard, I'd read a, one or two other reviews online and it had been when Orient, in games Orient had won and the fans were saying, oh, you know, it was a what an experience, but I did take some stick. So I was like readying myself for that. Never came. Well, who says Londoners are unfriendly, eh? You know, that's that, that's that stereotype uh, myth busted. Um, I, gotta, I feel we were going to do the pod last night and I'm glad we didn't because, uh, well, I sliced my finger open. That's why we didn't do it. There it is. For anyone watching on video. We missed uh, what came out today was all the pictures of the boys after the game. Uh, well, they all seemed to go to Winter Wonderland, I think, which I'll forgive them for because it's rubbish. Uh, but they did all go in some absolutely belting fancy dress costumes. Um, I mean, we're looking at the pictures here. It's an absolute who's who there, isn't it, Tom? Like, who are you picking out there for the one who's made the best effort for the Derby County Christmas fancy dress night uh, night out? Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on. I actually don't think I can. I, I do really enjoy Louis Sibley because he just looks like a, a, a six former as uh, as he as Harry Potter. I think it's Sibley in there. The, my photo is not the. Uh, there's Tommy Shelby. Louis, Louis Sibley is is Draco Malfoy, of course. Yeah. If you you'd know that, Tom, if you were part of the yeah, I, part of the Potter. I don't really give a crap about <laughs> Harry Potter, no. So the fact that I recognise as a wizard is good enough for me. Um, there's there's Del Boy in there um, as well. There's well, I hadn't realised at first. There's a Pirates of the Caribbean, the guy dressed up at the very back. Yeah, who is that? I don't know. I don't know who that is. But um, yeah, there's lots there's lots of good stuff going on there. And fair play to them. Fair play to the. Um, to, is, is it is it Craig Forsyth on the rollerblades? Uh, no, that's um, is that James Collins? It looks a bit like James Collins. Phil, can you confirm? No, I can't work out. That can't be having Fozzy on rollerblades with his injury history. Yeah, can that's we? what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But yeah, there's some some truly outstanding out, outfits, and it's good to see like them all out there, and they've all got well involved. There's no there's no like half measures on there, is there? Like, well, you say that Tom. Like someone did point out on the Discord, does it count as fancy dress as a footballer? If like Kane Wilson, you go in fancy dress as a footballer. <laughs> he's yeah, just turned poor, up in a, he's just turned up in a full kit Real Madrid outfit. That's a five out of ten, isn't it? At best, surely. 
yeah, but it does look ridiculous, so I quite like it. <laughs> the what? Kane, Kane Wilson playing for Real Madrid. Full, full well, you never know. He's got. He's a good player. <laughs> yeah, he is. I do hope Max Bird was impersonating Uncle Albert, like during the war and all of that. And uh, <laughs> I Liam think Thompson he is coming out with dipstick uh, plonker. I can't, I couldn't decide if like if if Bird is meant to be Uncle Albert or like a homeless Captain Birdseye. It's like it's not immediately clear. So who have you got left to right? I think we've got who's that in the who's that as the jockey? And you've got someone else is like, is that Ric Flair next to him? Is that what I'm looking at? Getting blank getting blank faces there. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who that bloke is. They, yeah, obviously you've got Sibley as um uh, Draco, you've got Thompson and Bird as uh the only four oh boy and Uncle Albert. Yeah. Sonny Bradley's yeah. gone as a Papa John's chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that, that Callum Elder as the, as the as the horse, and then is it Fozzie behind him? Actually, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it could be actually. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Jake Rooney as Elf, yeah. um, Curtis Nelson as like a female fitness instructor, <laughs> which has given me very confused feelings looking at looking at that. Uh, and then Harahan as a delivery driver, splendid effort. Is that Joe Ward as like a generic Peaky Blinder? Yeah, t- yeah. Tommy, or is it? Could it be Arthur? Arthur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think my personal favourite is actually Aaron Cashin as a. Is he? Is he Eddie the Eagle? Is he actually Eddie the yeah, Eagle? He is. I yeah, he is, isn't I think he? he is. Yeah. Is He's got the Calgary '88 on, hasn't he? On his. And then you got someone who's that behind him as Bane? I couldn't tell. Come work out. Who uh, that was. Scott Loach, I think. Connor Washington. Is it? Well, Connor Washington's still got like a broken ankle, hasn't oh, he? <laughs> so if he managed to get out. <laughs> He's done incredibly well, but no, fair play to them. It's really good effort. We'll uh, we'll come on. To, we'll might have a final word on that at the end. But we did in the uh, in my race to ask Phil about the Airbnb. Forget to do five word reviews on that game. So let's read a few out. Five word reviews on Leighton Orient Neil Derby County three uh, classic only child on our Patreon. He said great result, but nobody's convinced. Uh, Stuart Clements said the Derby way can wait. Uh, Rob Wilkerson said, that'll do one, that'll do. Michael John, League One Champions 23-24. Love that. Nikki B said, everyone, everything's coming up, Millhouse. Uh, Pete, do you want to guess, Tom, what Pete Lee said? What his five-word review was? All aboard the promotion bus. Uh, yeah, course, yeah, Phil knows Sorry, it. I'm like... Phil's <laughs> in on the joke now. <laughs> on the top deck there. Uh, Chris Hill said, Terrace or Balcony Momentum Building. Andy Chan said, Wins after stopping aimlessly crossing. One more. Julian Gerson said, Worn out is so passe. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Um, I mean, where, where, where does this leave us, Phil? Like some massive, massive games over the festive period. Uh, Lincoln next. And then Swansea and then uh, Oxford away. Peterborough and Wigan as well like it's going to be it's pretty make or break stuff over Christmas and New Year isn't it yeah I mean we shouldn't get too low on our defeats and we probably needed to tell ourselves that Chris when we were on the train back from Stevenage and we we probably shouldn't be getting too high on these this run of victories we're, we're catching teams at the right time I feel like Orient are bang out of form so were Port Vale um Two home games in a row now, though, and that takes us into two tricky Christmas and New Year's ties away from home um, in Oxford and uh, Wigan that, you know, we're going to need to be bang up for them. And that'll probably be where we we find out the true Derby County this season, I I feel. Um, But we're definitely, you know, we're, we're flying in terms of confidence compared to where we were 
six weeks ago. Players are coming back to fitness. We're getting goals from all over the squad. Um, yeah, we've got we've got every chance of catching the teams above us. I think it feels like there's still more to come from this team. It wasn't a perfect performance by any shot, and um, as you said earlier, Phil, like we didn't really get out of second gear uh, against Orient, and there'll be will be will be tougher tests. But I also think that when there was sort of clamouring for Warren to be out, and it was really frustrating. I think it's just like it's that sort of nature of just trying. Remembering the season is 46 games long. Like we've just won five on the bounce, so we could go quite easily five, lose five on the bounce. And I don't think then you'd be wanting to sack Warren because the potential is definitely there in this team. And we've got we've got the goals coming from all over the place. The thing I'm most impressed about is how much more solid we look at the back um, uh, currently. I, I quite like the shape we had on on Saturday. With this, it seemed like a, a bit of a four-two-three-one, trying to get people forward a lot more. And I prefer us playing four at the back. Um, than five. As soon as we brought on Sonny Bradley and changed to a five, I thought we went backwards uh, in terms of how we how we sort of structured. And that's not Bradley's fault. It was the shape. I don't think the, the players quite like it. Um, and I do agree with you. I think it's important that we keep picking up points. I don't think it's a disaster if we only pick up four points from our next two home games or even maybe even three in a sort of possible worst case scenario. Then going into Oxford and the Wigan games, if we can get one win out of those two, I think would be would be a really good good Christmas. Um, I prefer at Oxford, but um, I take take a win against uh, against Wigan, even if we end up losing against Oxford, especially if we picked up six points uh, in the previous two home games. So it's take each game as it comes, and like I think just keep building on that form. We're not going to win every game between now and the end of the season. It's about keeping calm because there's there's enough quality in this Derby team to go go a lot higher up in the league than we are currently. Tom, uh, you're off to Wigan, aren't you, over Christmas for the first time since uh, since that magical day when you went on your own. In the 13-14 season, yeah. got pissed on the train, did some marking, did some homework and uh, then watched Derby smash Wigan. You'd take that again, wouldn't you? Uh, absolutely would. I mean, it's going to be similar uh, when we go there because obviously going on Boxing Day, nothing's going to be open. And I went on, it was a, it was a three o'clock kickoff on a Sunday uh, because Wigan had been in Europe. And as a result, we got I got there on the train. It was a four hour train journey because it was a Sunday service. And um, I had about half an hour to get to the ground. So I managed to pick myself up a beer and run to the ground, got into the ground, got out and was like, right, I need to get some fish and chips and some beers for the way home. Literally nothing was open. I couldn't find a shop, couldn't find like, a pub even that was open that looked vaguely inviting before my train at sort of quarter past six. So I ended up sort of just sort of wandering around and then got a load of beers on the train. It was a it was a great day, but uh, it was a very odd one. And in the end, I got very, very drunk on my own on a Sunday in Wigan uh, and on a train there and back. That's the only way to do it. Well, it might be the same again, so don't forget the turkey sandwiches on, uh, when you go on Boxing Day. Uh, look, we're going to see this one out this episode. I haven't done one of these for a while, and uh, off the back of a magnificent away win in the capital at the weekend, it's time for this. That's right, the triumphant return of win, lose or schnorr, the Derby County results-based guessing game. Uh, Phil, I can see him chomping at the bit there, his debut in this quiz format. The rules are simple. I give you and Tom three games. I just want to hear win, lose or schnorr, and uh, whoever gets the most right out of three wins. It's that simple. Your first one is this, West Ham away in the 01-02 season. That's West Ham away on Boxing Day 
2001. Tom, you can go first. Uh, lose. Phil, win, lose or snore. West Ham away, 2001. I feel like Colin Todd picked up a bit of form around Christmas that year. Go snore. Yeah, I'll go snore. Sorry. Ooh. Tom, you were saying... Lose. You said lose. Yeah. It's 1-0, Tom. Uh, we did, of course, get gubbed 4-0. Uh, and it was that game where Trevor Sinclair scored that amazing scissor kick, I think. Uh, possibly in a goal that they scored where like four players touched the ball from a corner and the ball didn't touch the floor. Benito Carboni got sent off as well for diving, even though yeah, he had his it. ankle broken by Thomas Repka or something like that. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. It's all coming back to Tom now. Uh, one else to Tom. Game number two is uh, Crystal Palace away, September 2002. So Crystal Palace away in September of the 2002-2003 season. Phil, you can have first dibs at this one. Um, win. I think this was a night match and Luciano Zavagno equalised in a schnorr. So Tom, you're saying schnorr? Yeah. Did King Cladsey score as well in this one? I, f- I remember the Zavagno goal as well. Yeah. Good work. It was. King Cladsey winner, 83 minutes, Derby 1-0. So, goes to a decider. You've got to give different answers to this because I, I haven't got a tiebreaker. <laughs> uh, final one, Charleston Athletic away, December the 29th, 2012. Charlton away in December of the 2012-2013 season. Tom, win, lose or snore? Uh, I'm going to go win. Phil? All right. Hmm. I'm stabbing in the dark at this one. I'm going to go... Schnorr. Tom has said win. It's not there. Phil has said Schnorr. This for the win. It's there. Oh, your beauty. It's there for Stephen Phil. Schnauzer. <laughs> it was uh, one all. Jamie Ward equalising for Derby. I have no memory of that game whatsoever. And we've been to Charlton quite a few times, haven't we, Tom? Yeah, it must have been a time when I was at Christmas in, at my grandma's up in Derby rather than... Uh, Rather than actually watching that game, because I seem to I seem to remember us always winning at Charlton away, apart from like one horrendous three nil defeat when Conor Gallagher scored and that was September. So, uh, so yeah, disappointed there, but well played, Phil. Fair play to you. A debut win for Phil, so he's got to be chuffed with that. Uh, look, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, shorter pod this week, uh, but there's only so much you can say about a balcony in a flat in East London. So, a fantastic, uh, fantastic result. Long may it continue, Phil. Thanks for hopping on, man. Pleasure as always. And uh, Tom, thank you for your time, as always. All the best, guys. See you soon.